Welcome to another very, very special episode at the Mo Show podcast. Her Royal Highness Princess Lamia bint Majid Al Saud, Lamia bint Majid Al Saud. She's the Secretary General of Al Walid bin Talal Philanthropies, as, as well as a United Nations Goodwill Ambassador. Princess Lamia, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having me, and it's a, such a great pleasure. Thank you. Princess Lamia, can we go back to uh, your growing up years, um, childhood, upbringing? Is there a, a memory that you recall up until this day that you keep going back to? Well, I, I spent like almost uh, 70% of my life in Egypt. I'm half Egyptian. My mom, she's Egyptian. So I, I was born in Riyadh and like two years later or something, we went to Egypt and I stayed there for a very long time. Egypt, it's, uh, my life in Egypt, it was like um, a very um, cozy, I would say a family oriented uh, lifestyle. Um, I was very spoiled because I was, um, I had an asthma. So my mom, my dad, and I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest in my brother and sister. So I was and I was really spoiled. But um, my mom used to tell me that you refuse to admit that you're sick. And I keep repeating, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm fine. <laughs> so I was stubborn. I wanted to play. I wanted to live. I never surrendered to, to illness in a way or another. So it was a very um, interesting period in my life. I would say it was very happy and a lot of survival mood uh, in, this, um, in this chapter of my life. Uh, yeah. Rarely do we hear of females in Saudi, maybe even more so from the royal family, who are in the public eye. Before we started shooting, you said in 2014 was the first time when uh, you went public and it was an interview you said that was live on, on BBC. Yes. What made you want to break the mold, if you will, in, in going public for the first time? It's, it's of course, um, I'm just going to... Uh, highlight something. I graduating from uh, my major, uh, which I graduated from. It's it's public relation and marketing advertising, and minor journalism. So media, it's something that I really love and I really appreciate. And I know the power of media. At the end of the day, I think it's one of the most strongest weapon ever, ever. It's it's a direct information going to your brain. So it's the impact of media. It's huge. At the end of the day. Going public with the with the with the, in the foundation or when I started and back then I wasn't a secretary general I was a, an executive media manager, a media and PR manager. Um, it it's one of the job requirement I would say. Um, I always felt that there is a huge misperception about Saudi Arabia, um, and about you know. Who are we? What we're doing? How is our ethics? Our norms? Our traditions? So it's it fits my my goals in life in a way or another. And again, I think I I love media. So for me, it wasn't like by choice. It was a job requirement. But I think since then, I that was that's my norm. I I always go out, and I believe there is a lot of ladies from the royal family now are out, and from uh, and Saudi ladies, they're doing amazing job, maybe better than me. Do you? Uh, that's up for debate. Um, <laughs> do you see the landscape changing for the better 
since you started in 2014 with the ripple effect that you've had just by going public. In 2014, when they saw you going public for the first time, it was a turning point. Yes. Now, do you feel that the media is slightly more understanding that Saudi Arabia is a little bit more than what we thought they were? If they want to. I think it's, uh, it will take more time. It will take more strategic soft power to, if you're aiming to change the perspective, I don't think this is the right direction to, to tackle this issue. I think soft power in a meaning that you're going out, you, you, you exhibit what we're doing. We talk about, we talk about the achievement in the country, the progress and, and the human rights and the women rights and, and a lot of things happening in the country, inviting people to here, but in specific, the, 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 the way some of the media are tackling this in defending, I totally disagree with it. I don't think we have anything to defend. I believe we have a beautiful story with, with an amazing vision that we should portray it in the right way and put it in, in the right frame. From perspective, is it more uh, uh, the ripple effect, as you said? I think there are more um, media, are the international media, I'd be very specific, are more used to Saudi woman title. We're out there, we're talking, yet um, they still debate if, uh, if, if this is true, is this is true or it's only, you know, like a propaganda type of thing. <clears throat> I don't think we should care at the end of the day. I think, we, again, we have a beautiful country, beautiful youth, beautiful stories. And what we want, that people to come to our country and see us, and that's it. I want to know what Princess Lamia's uh, typical day looks like at work. Uh, you want a typical day at work in Saudi Arabia or in 180 countries? Wow. <laughs> I think that says everything. Uh, back home in Saudi, what okay. time uh, What so, time do you start? I start at 6.30. A.M.? Yes. I wake up. I have to check on my daughters. They, I have to make sure they went to school. Sometimes I drive them to school. Um, Riyadh. Riyadh? Yeah, Riyadh. of course. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, I go back uh, to the gym. I go to the gym three times a week if I'm lucky. Um, then I be in my office from 11 to 5. Back home, have uh, lunch slash, slash dinner with my kids and mother. Um, then I sit with my kids. I put them to bed. 9.30, I'll be in my room, my salon, just reading. It's my me time, whether going to my friends. I love reading. I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy reader. So I read a lot. So that's my me time in a way, me, way and another. And I sleep and that's it. Was it ever challenging for you to balance between work, life, being a mother is a full-time job. And you also have a, another full-time job uh, with what you do at the foundation. Um, was that a bit of a challenge to balance both those out? I'm a, I'm a person who gets bored easily, Muhammad. Hmm. So you have to keep me on my toes to get the best out of me. You have to challenge me in a way or another. So having a routine in my life, you will get zero productivity from me. You have to put me always under pressure to get the best out of me. And this is if you anyone worked before with Prince Walid, they would understand. He's a person like literally examine you and give you a pop quizzes along the way. I would be uh, very honest. 
working in the foundation, it's it's very challenging because we 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 work in over 180 countries around the world. While we're talking now, there's over a 60 project are are ongoing. Six zero. Yes. Sixty. Yes, and it's done by almost more than 80 partners around the world. So even though in the normal days, I always like two, three times a week, I have calls with states, with Canada, with the Far East. So there's a time difference in a way or another. But it's, it's um, you know, one day a person, um, I will not mention the name, but that person told me, if you think when you do good, you will be benefiting the people who's you're doing, you know, you're, 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 you're supporting, you're doing good in their regards, then you're mistaken. Your life will be completely different. And that's what happened when I worked in philanthropy. It's the satisfaction, it's, it's, it's my satisfaction. When you, when you help others and you see how you can affect people's life and how you can develop people's life, there is this adrenaline rush inside you that I would never, I never ever experienced it before. So it, it is very hard, it's very hectic, but it's a joy, I would say. I've read in a book that, you know, you get to a point in life, if you thought money will bring you happiness, it doesn't really bring you happiness, it solves your money problems. But it gets to a point where people look for the meaning in life, or I have all this money, but still there's something that is empty inside they would, something small like build a well in a third world country for a town, invest in a school, touch people's lives. Touching people's lives and bettering it has created, and I've heard firsthand from people, has changed that emptiness that they had in their life that money could not fill. But when you help, do you really feel fulfilled inside? And that's something you do on a daily basis. You, you head the Walid bin Talal Foundation. Um, which is a charity organization. Um, and do you get that sensation every day on, on the job? I mean, does it get old or do you? No, it doesn't get old for two reasons. First of all, you're working for, for doing good and for supporting people. The foundation is working. We work in, in four main areas of focus. We do everything, Muhammad, literally. We have any. We, we, we work in community developments, which goes under it, health, education, infrastructure. And we work in empowering women and youth in a very creative way. And we lean toward the economical empowerment. We work in providing vital disaster relief in time of crisis, whether it's, it's you know, hurricanes, uh, natural crisis or wars and, and refugees. And we work in a very interesting area of focus, which is bridging gap between Islam and West and promoting for tolerance and understanding. When you work in all of this, it doesn't get old because you literally learn per second. And, and, and commenting on what you said, it's when you say money, it's not always about money. Even in charity, I, in, 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 in philanthropic arena in, in general. So I'll give you two examples that really uh, confirm what you just said. We have two projects that it's very dear to my heart. So we have a project with the Carter uh, Foundation. We, uh, we're trying to eliminate a disease called the Guinea worm, which is uh, a, a kind of disease. It comes from the contaminated water and we provide the, a lot of treatment to do so. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, this year, we only have 14 cases left out of almost 3 million uh, kids. So 
uh, one of the Carter Center were in Morocco, and uh, he was one of, in one of the villages in another project completely different than the Guinea Worm. And he saw like a big pottery. Uh, they they use it to you know store the water in it, and they put beside it like a small like a straw, to drink with the, with a bit of a filter, type just for them when they drink. They make sure there's no you know uh, uh, sand or or dust yeah. or any, residue. Yeah. yeah, or any kind of 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 insect insect or anything. So he was like, "What is this?" And they said, "It's a straw. We use it just to make sure that the water is filtered." Can you imagine? We saved almost 1.5 million lives, kids, with two, with 15, less than 15 cent straw. Who would have been drinking contaminated water yeah. if it wasn't for this initiative? Yes. Can you imagine? Speechless. It's not about money. It's not about uh, a medication that was, you know, explored or discovered. No, it was the mind of a human being who was by coincidence in Morocco. And he saw this and said, you know what, let's wait. And this can help a lot of kids without, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Another one, it was one, um, I can't remember actually the name of the country. It's a country in Africa. So the United Nations, sometimes they see a certain uh, cases that needs research. So they go to their main funders or main supporter and they 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 inform you, if you would like, we, we have something there that we don't understand what's going on. So they, they, they noticed that there is a certain age when kids start going to school they die. So in seven, from five to six years, they die. From what? Okay, so we start investigating. So they don't have the concept of shoes. So they walk to school, a certain worm enter their feet and start building and start getting longer and longer and it blocks the heart, the veins in the heart. So all what we have to do, what we had to do, is provide shoes and that's it, for example. So it's not always about that amount of money. Can you imagine if you just save a kid, would you imagine the happiness of the mother and the family and you don't need a lot of money? It's sometimes it's about the brain and your passion to do. It may be another person from the quarter, he would never even, uh, you know, just give it an attention. But because that person was very passionate and he wanted to do something, he picked it up. Yeah. You know, when you said it's not about money, I uh, I was like, I'm interested to, to hear why it's not. Because you think money is the solution to everything, but no, sometimes a bit of logic, connect the dots, provide a solution. It's not money related. Definitely, but yet, yet, let's be very honest, Mohammed. I think money is very important at the end of the day. Money is very important for a lot of things. Actually, for you to be able to help others, you need money. At, at Definitely, ideas is very important, but also money is very important. We cannot, you know, I don't want to be very theoretical. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit logical here. So I think I think money as, as well is very important. People who, to reach those people, let alone the solution, but to reach those people, you need money. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the transport, yeah. Yeah. But then maybe the last mile, you need to use a bit of logic and say, okay, it is with all the mind money. and ideas and perspective, it should be in the beginning 
and all the way till the end. Listen, if you're if you want to change people's life or you want to have an effect or an impact, you cannot do it in a hit and run situation. You need to take your time to understand and to study and to figure out different ways for those people to be better. If this is your cause and this is your calling in life, then you have to be very creative about it. Yeah. Does your position as Secretary General at Prince Al-Walid Philanthropies and your role as a goodwill ambassador at the UN, are they intertwined together? Um, is it something that are closely related? Definitely, it's closely related. I think what led for me being a goodwill ambassador is our work in the foundation and, and what we did in specific in the sector of housing and habitat. We, uh, it's one of His Royal Highness Prince Al-Walid uh, beliefs, I would say. For, to be a human being, the least for you to be a human being and feeling safe is to have a roof on top of your head. This is the minimum for you to feel a human and you have your your space at the end of the day. And we saw during Corona, I mean. <laughs> during Corona, all what you need to be safe is a room. And that's it. And this is something, alhamdulillah, we, we did a lot of housing and we did a lot of, uh, of, of support in this regard. And we just launched in Saudi Arabia with the Ministry of, of Housing uh, almost uh, over the 10,000 unit. And it's the biggest initiative with, uh, with, with the Ministry of Housing. It's a 2.2 billion real, alhamdulillah. And, and I believe out of the work that we did in the foundation, I deserved the goodwill. Uh, title as an as an ambassador for the UN. Of course, it's aligned. At the end of the day, we work a lot. I don't think there is one of the UN entities that we, if um, whether it's existing now, the project is ongoing, or we, you know, collaborated uh, uh, before with them. So definitely, it's it's aligned. It's uh, at the end of the day, it it serve the same purpose in a way or another. But one came before the other. There is no UN without your uh, job at the foundation. Of course. It's like a prerequisite. Almost. Definitely, okay. definitely, yeah. definitely. Do you ever look back at uh, the awards that you got? Uh, just for those who don't know, uh, shame on you, you need to know. In 2017, you were voted Arab Woman of the Year. And in 2021, you were voted most influential figure in the Arab world for social responsibility. How do you reflect on that when you see those accolades? I believe Believing in yourself, strategizing your goals, work in a very, um, I would say, articulated, uh, uh, planned map to reach where you want to be. I think this is the normal outcome would be uh, from your work. I believe ded dedication, uh, believing and 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 high quality delivery. This is very important. So what we just talked about, it's 180 countries, 60 project. Can you imagine this is all literally run by only 10 Saudi ladies? Would you, would you believe that? No, I don't. This is, and this is how we work. You have to be very focused. You have to have a very high level of time man management, very high quality in delivery, and very high in focus at the end of the day. When you work with this methodologies, I would say, 
definitely this is will be the result the result and i always say something muhammad and i have to say it it's not me who's doing all of this magic i'm i'm very honored and privileged to have this type of ladies with me who really believed and who really apply the strategy on ground and they succeed mashallah alayhim they're doing an amazing job so i'm very proud of my team so your team is 10 females with me so they're nine <laughs> all females yes all saudi ladies yes is there something you look for specifically like a trait in a person who you want to employ if you're interviewing them is there something that like the, the the common denominator that you try to look in anyone who you want to employ what do you look for passion that's it passion if 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 you want you will do miracles it's always passion always passion nothing more it's a strong word yeah and that's why they're working and they're working literally 24 7. i'll tell you a story just happened we did our our board meeting uh, last week and we have a newcomer uh, she just um, she actually she's going to start after after late but she came to the board meeting for her it's a very good exercise to understand more about what happened in 2021 after the meeting she came to me and she said you know what it's astonishing because you're talking as if it's very easy and what you're doing is very hard and all the ladies they're talking and they're cheerful about their their achievement but this is a huge amount of work what you're doing and i looked at her and i said it's only passion if you're passionate you will feel it's much easier even the the obstacles or the challenges you will feel it as a as you know what it's it's levels or phases for you to learn and she was literally like shocked from the amount of work and only literally eight ladies are are talking about it so that's it, Muhammad. It's all about passion. How about a trait that you see in someone that that bothers you? Honesty is a very important thing for me. Very important. If you can do the job, and I always tell, and by the way, and I'm and in the office, His Royal Highness always tell me Banatik. My team is Banati always. So when in the team, uh, I always tell them, if you cannot do it, come and tell me. Never. Tell me that you can do something and you can't. I love people to be clear. You know why? It's not about I don't like lying. No, no, it's not about lying. Maybe they 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 believe they can do it, which is I encourage that. But at the end of the day, if you if you if you tell me that you're gonna do it, then and or sorry, if you tell me that you can do it, maybe I can help. It's okay. It's okay to learn. At the end of the day, I learned from my nine years old. For me, till the end of my life, I would learn that that was my last breath. So it's all about learning. I don't like people to tell me, you know what, it's okay, I'm gonna take care of it. No, it's fine. It's okay to learn. This is the first thing. Second thing, um, I would say uh, selfishness. We work in an environment, I can do the HR work sometimes, the media can do the, the global work sometimes, the local can do the operation work sometimes. We are family. It's not about me, 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 yet I recognize every one of them when she do an extraordinary job, which what they do always an extraordinary job. But uh, it's, it's if you can be a team player, then you're not a fit in the foundation at all. 
slightly more career oriented now. Um, you know, you deal with a lot of media personnel. And sometimes, you know, you have someone we touched in the beginning is, you know, some of them are agenda driven and, and what's not. Is it difficult for you to, you know, be diplomatically correct or take the high road even with people who don't deserve it? How do oh, you, yes. I mean, how do you manage to do that when sometimes all you want to say is what's in your mind, but you know, you have to. I breathe. <laughs> Breathing techniques. I swear I breathe. Taking sometimes, notes. sometimes you, you just, I, sometimes I literally, Muhammad, like just put my head down, I close my eyes and what am I going to say? And sometimes I don't reply, I just smile. I just smile and I said, you know what, I, I think, for example, like, I know, and this is, I, I always have this, now it's a bit less. But before, when I used to go in meetings or in UNGA, the UNGA, the General Assembly, and I start talking with people like, really, you can speak English? Really, you understand what you're saying? And you can see the shock in their, in their faces. And, uh, but nowadays, it's a, it's a bit less. And they come to me and it's, how many of, of Saudi women are like you? And I was like, what are you talking about? There are a lot. I may be presenting them, or I would love to present them, but at the end of the day, there is a lot. But you know what? It's not their mistake. I would not say this. This is our fault. We have a huge shortage in how to present what's happening in this country and all the development happening in this country. There's a lot can be done, and it's not, we're not even close. Where we're promoting very well for the for for tourism for al ula, but achievement of youth it's kept on the dark, and there is a lot of 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 opportunities for you to make people understand what Saudi Arabia is. Yeah. When you uh, look at uh, on a local level here. Um, it strikes me that you're the kind of person that always wanted to see what we're seeing today in, in women empowerment initiatives. I am going to assume that when you are looking at Saudi Arabia today, you're like, this is what I wanted for the for a very long time. Yeah. Are you proud? Are you proud with what you're seeing today and how much we have changed in the last five to seven years with these women empowerment initiatives? It, it wasn't a dream because I, I, we, you, I, when back in the days, it wasn't a dream because I know it, I, I, I couldn't even dream it. It was very far. It was a very far-fetched wish, I would say. And when it happened, I'm a person, as I told you, I grew up in Egypt. So I always drive my car. I go out. I hang out with my friends. My cousins, we're, we're a mixed environment. I never thought that men, you know what, you cannot come close to men or you have to have a certain distant, it's not distant, I mean, I mean, you have to have a certain uh, frame of relation to communicate with, with men. And when it happened, when it happened here, on the first day of, uh, of women driving, can you imagine, Mohammed, I was afraid to take my car and go out. I didn't believe. To that extent, I didn't believe it. Wow. And I stayed for like two, three months. Whenever I, I see a, a woman driving, I was like, what? What she's doing? And I, I, 
I took like three months for me to drive because I didn't believe it. It was like, oh my God. And it was that easy. And it took only a decision. And everyone, as if they were waiting for that, and we're very happy. And after three months, when I started driving and I saw people like, you know, clapping for me, I was like, okay, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. And it was, there's a lot of things happening. You know what? There's a lot of achievement from a perspective of the woman rights. It's huge for me to be able to get out a license for my, my company without a sponsor or for me to travel or for me to live in a house for myself. There's a lot of things. It's alphabetic rights. And we have it now. It's, it's, it's everything that I ever wanted. You know, I had a huge problem with, with belonging. Because when I'm in, in Egypt, I'm the Saudi princess. And when I'm here, a lot of people, you're the half Egyptian. And I never felt I related to a place, honestly. But now, this is for me, it's home. خلاص, I, I have my house, I have my kids. I can live a normal life, which was always my debate and always my challenge. I, I don't want to live like, you know, living a life that I'm not convinced with for me to cover my, my face or to have distance. I, I want to work. I want to achieve. I'm a goal-oriented person. I want to build. I, I cannot stay on pause. So now I can tell you, I feel home. And this is a very, it was a very hard thing to feel. Alhamdulillah. It's a breath of fresh air. Yes. I know a lot of people that moved back um, in the last five years because uh, they have found it easier to live in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. We have it all. Yeah, You know, I travel less. I don't know if it's because of this, but I used to go to Dubai once every month or two. Beirut, when things were smoother. Yeah. I don't think I've left Jeddah in nine, ten months. Wow. Jeddah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mecca a few times. Um, there was always that itch that, um, yeah, you know, I want to do something as normal as going to see a movie in the cinema. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the first thing I always, when I travel, I make sure I do, is go to the cinema. It's a nice experience. Popcorn, <laughs> not just, just have a nice, yes, yeah, it's, it's, life quality of life has yes. has uh, leveled up yes in Saudi Arabia and again the shock it's acceptable it's acceptable There's nothing wrong with it yes you know when it really made me say aha like it was a real realization when I was in Riyadh not this season the one before and I saw the number of Abu Dhabi Omani Kuwaiti yes visitors license plates yes yeah it, it's yes. I was like, these guys are. We used to go to them. Yeah. In just what twenty four months, everything changed. Yes. And I'm not talking one or two Abu Dhabi plates. No, no. I know. Like they I were know during the season. Bunch. Yeah, Emiratis, Like you can tell these guys it's are a decision. from decision. Life, it's about decisions. You take your decision and you be convinced with it, and it will happen. It's all about decisions. That's Truly. it. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, someone you've met, Princess Lamia, uh, 
met a lot of people, I'm sure, but someone who who you have met who has had the biggest impact on your life. So I'm I'm a true believer uh, believer in uh, in self development issues, and I read a lot in this a lot uh, in this topic. So surprisingly, a person who really affected or have a huge impact on my life, a person that I don't know. I don't know who's that person. We were in a session uh, that was 2014, in January 2014. I was in a session in Riyadh, actually. Uh, and we were doing like, a, you know, a, an exercise uh, of uh, writing certain things and, and specifying or, or, or clarifying your goals and, uh, and how you're going to move forward toward it and everyone the 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 moderator said everyone give me a saying that really you believe that it will work everyone start talking about you know positive uh, thinking and uh, a very uh, young lady got up and she said give and you will be given And and till then I didn't take the job. I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't uh, uh, a part of the foundation. And I looked at her and I said, "What? What do you mean? Yani sadaqa No, no, no. It's not about sadaqa at all. It's about give. And you, let's say, you want to, uh, you want to feel, uh, for example, happy. Make others happy, and you will be happy. Give." And you will be given. And she gave a lot of examples. And it, it actually resonates with, with me in a way or another. And I start applying this on my life in general, Muhammad. Not only by money. So let's say I want to, uh, to feel relaxed, for example. I would do something for a certain type of people just to pamper them in a way. I swear to you, Wallah al-Azim, the second day, maximum week, something come back to me in the same, in the same context. And this and that person, I don't know who she is. She's a person who attended with me, but this is the power of being aware. You have to be aware. Because there is a lot of good things that's in front of you and it can benefit you like crazy. All you have to do is to be aware. That's it. That's the person. I don't know who she, and I thank her if she she's seeing me now. So you say that you believe in karma. Definitely. 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 It's not. It's not. I don't. Again, I'm not to the negative part part of the story. But you have to understand, and what you give, what you give, it will come back to you, whether good or bad. It's 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 the same, but you need to put the intention in the in the equation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you make mistakes, but you don't. It's not your it's it's not your intention to do bad. So it's all about the intention. It's all about your intention. So it's intention and 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 moving forward and giving and learning. Do you feel that the world is doing enough? from a humanitarian perspective uh, in favor of those who need aid and support. Could we be doing 
more or are you satisfied with where you know global leaders are and what they're doing for humanity enough is not even a word that can be used in two three decades or even a lifetime because you know what Muhammad it's not about leaders I'll give you a very nice story that happened in Laos Laos is a very small uh, country beside uh, Taiwan um, uh, we went there to check on the measles project in a way or another. And it was very interesting for me because it's a very small country with 250 mountains, a population of 6 million with 48 languages. So I wanted to go and see how are they doing any, uh, creating any awareness about measles or how the importance of vaccination. And I want to know, and the, and the measles vaccination, Muhammad, you have to put it in a certain temperature, how they're delivering this till the top of the mountains. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's go there and, and discover. Taban, I, I didn't go to the 250. I went to almost six or eight mountains. So I went there. They're very poor, very poor, like very poor. And they went there, and there's that very small little girl who was taking me, who, um, per, the, the, the Minister of Health, Health was accompanying me in this trip. So there is this very, like, three years old girl who's taking us around the mountain. And I looked to the, to the minister and said, you know what, mashallah, she's very smart. And he goes exactly like this. And I was like, what? Why are you laughing? Kelly, are you, are you joking? And I said, no, I'm not joking. She's very smart. She's like three, four years old, and she's taking us everywhere. He looked at me and said, so that's what you think? She's three, four years old? And I said, yes. He smiled and he said, she's nine years old. What? What are you talking about? Ali, well, she's stunned. Because here, the belief that women, when they get pregnant, they only eat sticky rice, soya sauce, and chili sauce. They put it in the, in the, in the bamboo. And this is what they eat even after they give birth for two years. So literally, the kids, when they grow up, they're very small in size. Their brain is 50% from our brains. So they're literally stupid. Can you imagine that what the minister tell me? And I said, you know what? It's not about giving them vaccine. So you can't help those people. It's not about... The, 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 the leaders of the world, there is a huge need in changing beliefs because this is a belief. And there's a lot of stories in this regard. So from a perspective of provide, providing aid, yes, we need to be very innovative this coming period to, you know what, to reach somewhere and to create awareness and to provide aid and, and to provide aid and nutrition. And, and there is a lot of things to be, the, to be done to tell me, am I optimistic? Definitely I'm optimistic. You know what, COVID at the end of the day, it was, it was a disaster, but it, it made it easier for us to reach our beneficiaries and to create awareness and to communicate with them much easier. And even if you want to donate nowadays, it's, it's less in the amount of dollars that you're gonna spend, because before you have a lot of you know, administrative fees, I would say, 
Now we can all do it via online. Yeah. You like your Islamic art. I know that. I read a few articles. You actually opened the Islamic art section at the Louvre in Paris. Yeah. Is that correct information? That's true. With over 3,000 pieces dating back to the 7th century. How do you feel about where we are today uh, with the exposure of Islamic art, especially to the Western countries? I think after the kingdom is open now for visitor, I think nowadays Islamic art is a trend, Muhammad. In philanthropy, every now and then there is a trend about philanthropy and people get interested in certain topic like, you know, two, three years uh, back, it was entrepreneurs and startups, if you remember that. Now it's the art and the culture and the Islamic art in specific. When you have a country, uh, it's the biggest Islamic country in the world. So nowadays it's more, it's more trendy and it's more, you have a huge interest about, you know, the Islamic art. What we did in the foundation, I think we did it in a, in a, in a bit of a different way. His Royal Highness after 9-11 re realized the importance of, you know, having a certain centers around the world that represent Islam and specific Saudi Arabia. So, for example, he, he, he initiated and he supported centers, I would say, in the most prominent universities around the world for doing so. So we have a physical center in Cambridge and Edinburgh, Georgetown, Harvard, um, American University of Egypt and Beirut. And then he realized that the Islamic center and the prominent museums are like small Tiny, and shy. Yeah. So he decided to do, to build from scratch the Islamic center in the Louvre. And if you went there, it's the top of the, the art, I would say, or it's, it's a very um, ultra modern area in the heart of the Louvre. And it reflects that Islam, it's not only about, you know, it's not, it's not that old, it's for each and every generation, that's what I mean. And then I signed with Berlin 2018 and I, I opened Berlin. It's, as you said, again, it's your keyword, it's the soft power. Soft power, yeah, I was going to go there. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. When we went there and... Um, Actually, it was very interesting when we went to open the Berlin Museum. So there is a lot of, of, uh, of media was there. And they were literally waiting for the Saudis to come. And my, my PR team told me, for, I, they told me, be aware of this lady in specific. She's very, she's very aggressive with Saudi in specific. No, it's okay. Like, bring it. And I made sure during the tour, we were opening eight um, galleries, I made sure that I give, him a, I give her a special attention. So whenever I look at her and I smile, hope you're enjoying. Um, and then we went to the press conference and she said, can I ask a question? I said, yes, of course. Why you're doing this? I said, you know what? I think we're, we're, we're all one, we're human. And we need to know more about each other as, and I want to, I have to tell you something very important. I'm so sorry that I have a very, a different perspective on the Germans. And she said, what? And I told her, yes, I thought that you're very rigid and you're very stiff with people. You're not welcoming, but my sincere apology, you're amazing. 
It was a very well, warm welcoming. And I thank you for everything and for the great work that you're doing and all what you're doing for the refugees. And I want to thank you and I want to apologize to you that I have a very wrong impression about you. And she looked at me and she didn't say a word, Mohammed. And she wrote the most amazing piece about the museum in Saudi Arabia. And this is the soft power. So, Mulamira, was it your intention to kill her with, with kindness? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Princess Lamia, you are a mother to two. What's something that motherhood taught you? <laughs> patience. 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 Yeah. Yes, patience. Oh, and it taught me, and it's a full-time job. It's a job that you would never be able to resign from. Um, it's a joy. It's, uh, it's very hard. It's not easy, but it's very joyful. For me, it's different. For me, it's so different. You know, when I got, when I had my girls, I stopped everything. I quitted everything that I'm doing. And I literally stayed for six years dedicated only for them. I didn't do anything, Mohammed. I learned how to cook. I even, I, I'm the one who used to vaccinate my kids. Yes, to that extent, I don't want crazy. Everything we go to the doctor for, the yes. booster, many other Yes, yes. Vaccination, vaccination card, measles, measles yeah. everything. Hepatitis, yeah. Yeah, everything. And I'm the one who vaccinated my kids. I was that type of a mother, crazy shway. <laughs> but no longer today. Like Corona, they got it done by... <laughs> No. So you're very hands-on. Yes, yes, and 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 it it's it's a joy. It's it's the best. I would never forget the day Sama, which is the eldest. By the way, Sama and Hala, and I call them Queen, my queens, Queen of Soul and Queen of Heart. The first time she called me mom. Oh my God, Muhammad! I didn't <laughs> repeat it. <laughs> what, mommy? What? <laughs> And it was the best thing have ever happened to me. It's you feel you're 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 building, you're building, and you you give the right care, the right education, the right information, the right support, and the right uh, attention. You would have a best friend for life, a backbone, and the person will care for you. When you're, you know, like in your 70s and 80s. My girls are my best friends, by the way. I always tell them I am 80% your BFF, 20% your mom. This is what I want from life. I want them to be my friends. That's the formula. Yeah, it is. Are you the first person they come to when they have a problem? Definitely. Definitely. That's the dream of every parent, but not every parent knows how to achieve that. It's simple. I think I think it's programming. I think people who didn't know how to reach there. I think it's programming that you have to have this, you know, you're framed as a father and a mother and you have it's my girls respect me a lot. But and if they if they did something wrong, I don't talk. It's only I look to them. It's only that look. And they know. And they they don't fear me. They fear me being sad or mad at them. And that's it. You just need to be easy with it. You need to be very realistic because 
it's better they get the information from you than get it online. No, خلاص, now you cannot control the amount of information or the amount of whatever ideas and, 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 and perspective that they can generate out of a simple phone at the end of the day. Yeah. Scary world. No, it's interesting, very daring, and it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Are you happy today? I'm very happy. I'm always happy. My goal in life is to be more happy or to be happier, I would say. I think there's a learning curve in everything, every single thing, even 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 the hard and and painful situation. I think there's a good thing in it. So in a hard or difficult day, you're okay with that because those are the days where you learn from? Yeah. Do you call it bad day? Do you call it do you call it bad days? No. You don't. No, I don't call it bad. I'll tell you, for example, my mom just got out of hospital and that's why I postponed our, our meeting. Uh, she got corona and she had a, a lung situation. So she went to the hospital and alhamdulillah she got corona. So they discovered she have an anemia and she need uh, her hemoglobin was down. So for me, for in the beginning, it was mom in the hospital. Well, by the way, I infected her and I got corona and then give it to her. But when she went there and, and they did all the tests and alhamdulillah, ya Rabb, uh, it was a problem and her hemoglobin was really down and we didn't know that. So that's a very small example. I think there is a good thing in every challenging thing. I don't call it a bad thing. Yeah. She's recovered now. Alhamdulillah, she's out. Alhamdulillah, What puts you in a good mood generally, though, when you're having a bad day? Is there something that immediately puts you in a good mood besides coffee? Music. <laughs> music. Yes. I love music. Any favorite and artists? I, I, I love music in general. يعني, but if, if يعني, uh, I want just, just to chill and, and, and relax, أنا ما راح بعبد المجيد أحلف عبد المجيد فأغاني صوته مرة يريحني بصراحة يعني I love عبد المجيد I think he's playing in جدة in a few yes. days no, I'm not a concert type of a person to be very honest you'll catch the YouTube <laughs> yes I'm a, I'm a TV kind of a person yeah. Yeah. so he's your go-to uh, I love artist. his voice yes I, I, I truly love his voice or I have my girls are, are very good uh, piano players so I I sit down and they start playing, one of them. Is that something you instilled in them from a younger age? Did you want them to learn an instrument? Definitely. I think it, it, it refines the soul. And I discovered that I can paint and I'm, I'm taking classes in painting now. This is a discovery. I, I promised myself that every year I'm going to learn something new. So now I discovered that I'm, I have an artistic it's amazing. We keep learning things about ourselves. I, I didn't know that, Muhammad. I always, I cannot draw a straight line. So I have one of my friends who have like atelier, but she, she teach her. So I tell her, listen, I cannot, I want to do something, but I cannot draw a straight line. She told me, what does that have to do with that? I said, when you, it's not a requirement. She said, Yeah, and I'll send you my my first uh, please, artwork. Yeah, please. I'll send it. You. I'll yeah. send you a picture of it. It's an elephant. I love elephants. Yeah. 
It's a nice saying about elephants uh, that they never forget. Uh, they have the longest lasting memory and they are, I mean, you look, I remember seeing a few in, in zoos, a place I don't go to anymore, but you look at them and the presence of them, huh? It's, yeah. you feel like they're from the dinosaur era. No, almost. but they're very cute. The cutest. <laughs> but they just <laughs> demand. Their face, they're very cute. They, yeah, yeah, very. Yeah. And I love elephants. I elephant and falcons. Mm. Love falcons. Yeah. And I love uh, uh, owls. Very good luck. It's a good luck. And I love owls. I don't think I've ever seen one. Really? Um, yeah. Maybe one yeah. of the reasons why I need better luck. But I, <laughs> but I don't think I've, I've seen one. I think I've heard them, especially in the UK. You, you hear them in the park. White owls. White owls. Very cute. Are they endangered? No, at all. They're... At all. Inshallah, they're... Uh, no, they're not. No, they're not. Okay. No. i keep my eye out for them. Looking back, any regrets? Never. I don't regret anything. Even my stupidest mistake ever. No, I don't regret Nothing. Why do I regret? It's in the past. So, have you seen Kung Fu Panda movie? Yeah. <laughs> There is a saying, the, the turtle said it. So yesterday is a history. Today, no, yesterday is a history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today, it's a gift. Yeah. That's why it's called present. Wow. So that's it. That's amazing. Why do I, no, خلاص, راح. That's it. Why do I regret? It's done. Nothing to be done. Even from a cartoon, we can learn stuff. See, that's why I tell you, I, I learn from my kids. because. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, in your walks of life, you have a lot of people that come up to you and ask you questions. Youngsters, the future, you know, we touched on, what is it, 50% of Saudis under the age of 25 or something crazy, very wide, 70, 70% 70 of Saudi under the age of 25, very wide population yes. pyramid. Uh, what advice would you have, or what advice do you give the youth that come up to you and say, Princess Lamia, um, guide us? First of all, they have to believe in themselves. Never underestimate uh, your ability to achieve. Have a very clear goal. Educate yourself. And success and, and wealth or money not always come from a bachelor degree. No. If you work in, your, in your, what you're talented in or in your passion, you can reach... Even cloud nine, it's not uh, a level that you would aim for. I think you will be much more bigger than that. And differentiate between the urgent and the important. If you and if you if you notice, Muhammad, we always work on the urgent. Allah Muhammad, do me this. Let's let's do that. Why? Because it's easier. Important needs strategizing and need planning. So I urge this generation work on the importance. Urgent can be delegated, you can delegate to others, but important, it's about you. And you have always to be good and to be convinced with yourself, because if you're happy, if you're good, your surrounding will be the same, you will reflect. So, and please have a criteria or not a criteria, a quality of delivery. 
it's not just, you know, let's finish, finish the job or let's finish school. Enjoy every and each moment of life because you're only living once. Make a use of every and each day of your life as much as you can. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that every day have, have, have to have a meaning, but as much as you can. It's only one life. And you never know. You may inspire a person with a word. You never know. You can help a full nation with an ID. You don't know. Just don't underestimate yourself and enjoy life. It's beautiful. We do underestimate ourselves. I know. We do have doubts. I have doubts of myself. I'll speak on myself. But if we can rise above and incorporate some of the things you just said, I think we our capabilities would extend far beyond what we actually accomplish. It's okay to have doubts, by the way. That's 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 a human nature. It's okay to have doubt. And and half of solving that, that you're aware of your doubts. Some people they mm. don't know. Yeah. Muhammad, there's people, they, 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 they come to this world and they go out and they don't know why they're here. People like you and like a lot of this generation, I hope and I pray for that, to know why you're here and what's your calling. You're here to serve. You need to know how you're going to serve. That's it. Not more, not less. It's as easy as that. Yeah. Find your purpose. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate what you do for us um, in serving our country and your philanthropic work. Uh, I, I believe that the world needs uh, many more people like you. Thank you. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I'm going to enjoy sitting with my editor and editing this because there are so many learnings that you know we can we can use to incorporate in our daily lives means the world thank you very much so again i thank you for spending i loved it and thank you you have a beautiful studio and i want to thank you thank you very much <laughs> thank you so much princess thank love you, you. appreciate you. it it's great thank you